Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 68. With our college level, you know, I want someone that is very curious and is going to show up. You know, if you're asking questions, you're very curious about the field, like, I would love to teach you. Or I would love for you to have an experience where you learned a lot. So if you're very curious and you're showing up on time, you know, if we schedule a 2 o'clock call, you call me at 159 or 205. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield, and we are still here, Washington, D.C., the 2019 National Conference. Super excited that my next guest here came across the street from Georgetown University, Dave Terry, Associate Director for Sports Performance. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you stepping up to the game, the plate here too, man. We, uh, you know, we're trying to fill some last-minute substitutions, and you know, people had, we had, you know, had backed out. So you were kind of came up big for us to be able to jump in there and present today. So yeah, I was excited the opportunity came up. Yeah, uh, and I know you guys aren't like just sitting around over there. You've got a <laughs> USAW course going on. You've got athletes. You know, this could have potentially been a day off for you, I'm sure. So you know, we really appreciate you spending time coming to do a podcast and then speak later today of course you um yeah you're speaking today are you were you talking about programming or kind of the overall what do you what a little bit of everything um so it's called simply stronger um really it's it's a look into what everything i do with my athletes so you know we talk about at georgetown it's not about your program but about the program and the programs in all caps so that really embodies every interaction you have with your athlete so you know yeah, it's sets and reps, and that's great, and that's that's on your card, and your, that's your program. But then, really looking at how do I develop culture? You know, are are they all tucked and tied, or you know, are they dressed the same? What I look at, how I evaluate, and how to develop, because I think all of those things, those details, are important to the success of your program. Um, so, like, you know, that way they know they you can you can gauge they're they're locked in. You know, if their shirts are tucked in, I know they're ready to test. But if they come in looking like slobs or sitting on the ground. We probably shouldn't test today because they're not the focus we need to be safely do what we need to do Or just the different things that I do to basically make my program work the way I want it to yeah one uh, Mike Hill your boss, right? Oh, uh, yeah, we we're talking yesterday though and just about like you were saying the culture these little things um, You're also kind of teaching them about life you know and it's like paying attention to detail and mm-hmm. like these little things with tucking in your shirt oh whatever tucking in your shirt well you know that 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 isn't just about tucking in your shirt right right yeah <laughs> i mean are you, are you going to prepare for what you have that day and mostly you know a lot of our athletes end up on wall street these big jobs where those little details start to matter so them learning that and i think even just seeing how the, the shirt tucks tucks in transfers over to different areas of training you know those details matter and you know from i want the same focus on like our our abduction work there at the beginning as i do our back squats you know everyone can get excited for back squat but i'm putting a little band on my ankles i'm i might be talking to my buddy about you know what i ate for breakfast that morning hopefully they ate breakfast that morning (laughs) right right no that's a good point yeah the the attention to detail stuff is so it can be so minute but it has such a big payoff at the end like i was in the navy and i never understood in boot camp why it mattered if you had to have this ridiculously squared away tucked in bed and like your stuff had to be always you know everything lines up and the clothes you wear and like until you get to the real plate your real navy you call it you know or your ship or wherever you end up and if you don't pay attention to detail like 
someone gets their head chopped off by a helicopter rotor, you know, like right. there, there's a bigger consequence. And in, in, although probably no one's going to die in sports from, you know, something like that, but at the yeah. same time, safety in the weight room, you know, things can happen. So mm -hmm. yeah, hundred percent keeping people dialed in focused, paying attention to detail has such a bigger picture effect on everything. Yeah. And it's only an hour and a half, two hours a day, but yeah. getting them to say, you know, cause a game might be only an hour and a half, two hours, but you have right. to be able to lock in and seeing that transfer over to the field of play. Like, yeah, we can be loose, we can be relaxed, but then as soon as we hit that, we have to flip that switch because we don't want to always be on either, right. you know? So right, right. them being able to see, okay, I'm entering the weight room doors. Cause I don't even, t I don't even brief the lift in the weight room. Cause I want them to go in and work only in the weight okay. room. So that way they know as soon as they shake my hand and walk through the door, cause everyone gets a handshake. Cause I, that's one of my get ways to gauge readiness. You know, if they have a weak handshake, they don't make eye contact. Yep. I'm going to go check in with them, make sure everything's good. Nice. Um, and then they go. That's cool. Um, and yeah, you've been at Georgetown for six years. You actually came uh, to Georgetown from the high school setting, so that's pretty cool. What was your experience like in high school, strength coach? That, that was actually a ton of fun because we really got to see a lot of development. Uh, so I was at Grand Haven High School in Michigan, um, and we just we really see because you, you get athletes that have never touched a barbell before, and then you get some you know high school football player that thinks he's the world's strongest man in a half squat, and you got to kind of dial them back a little bit. Yeah. So it's, it's a, I feel like that is a great way to learn development. Yeah. Cause I, I, it turned into a sandbox once I actually got to oversee a high school program to where as I learned something, I might have an athlete come in, you know, in after hours cause the way the high school worked from, was from six to 7 PM, it was kind of open gym. So they would come in maybe on their own. I could try something out that I thought might work for that person that I wouldn't necessarily do, you know, if it was a football lift, yeah. so I might have a lineman come in, Hey, let's try this. And then, you know, if it worked great, I, I learned that. Yeah. Um, so they, I think the high school was great for, for developing that. And I loved it, you know, there. Because I was also at a boarding school for a little bit okay. where you have the kids seven days a week. Right. So you really can program their training, yeah. their recovery. And then Did you, you work at, dinner. like, the – were you, like, a dorm parent or something, too? Was no, I, that? Okay. I, I didn't have any of that. A lot of those kind of schools will have that as well where you're, like, totally embedded. <laughs> yeah, I was only there about 35, 40 hours a week. So okay. it wasn't – I wasn't there too much. Yeah. So what kind of transition was it make going to Georgetown from that – I mean, really, it, I, luckily I was, I had mentors, you know, at Georgetown that really took me under their wings, kind of showed me Carl Johnson, Mike Hill, Chris Tolzman, really took me in and showed me the ropes real quick and made sure, you know, I, I was able to kind of learn from my own mistakes as well. But, you know, having, I think having mentors like those guys uh, really is why I was able to even do what I did. And, totally. You know, they sit down, teach, evaluate me, you know, regularly. So I was always getting great feedback to become a great coach. And then, you know, Carl would, we'd be walking out to football warm up and he'd stop, throw me the whistle, like, hey, you're running it today. So I got to learn under the gun quickly. Yeah. And then as, you know, a 23 year old getting thrown a football warm up that you've watched and you've been like thinking about what you do in your head, yeah. obviously, you know, as a coach, you're envisioning yourself in that situation yeah. and you get that opportunity, you quickly learn, yeah. you know, and that you need to step up right. at right. all times. Yeah. So we talk about mentorship a lot too, and you know you've been mentored by these other guys, and now you're you know, as associate director, you're mentoring other people. Uh, maybe talk about you know how that, how those mentorships have developed and looked, and you know what you're doing as a mentor now, and what you've looked for in mentors before you. Right. So when I first got to Georgetown, I was actually uh, coming off being a competitive bodybuilder. So when I got to Georgetown, I'd never weightlifted, I'd never snatched. I cleaned a little bit playing high school football. That was it. So. Getting to Georgetown and having Carl Johnson be the first guy that I kind of interacted with. And that year in 2013, he was the national champion uh, weightlifter. So I was able to learn a lot 
from him as far as weightlifting and really learn like how to actually train weightlifting as a weightlifter. Um, so having guys like that, and then when Chris Tolzman came later that summer, really took those guys really took me under the wing like their little strength coach brother yeah, um, nice. and taught me programming. And then they would just throw a book on my desk, and I didn't care about anything other than that. So they'd be like, "Hey, read this. You know, tell me about it on Monday." So I'd have you know they always threw different things on there. So I was always reading, always learning, and um, really immersing myself in that. And having guys that are so passionate about strength and, and the field really helped inspire me to do that. Yeah. Um, so then, and then, you know, Carl took me under his wing and really just was like, even now, you know, teaching me different things as a strength coach throughout the career. So having guys that, that can coach you throughout the whole process. And then I've kind of reached out to different guys that I thought would be, you know, I'm kind of interested, like Todd Hammer, I'm interested in what he's doing. Yeah. So I'll go hang out with him and train. And for me now, it's like training with different guys has enabled me to kind of learn and see how they actually do it. Because I might not be able to think of the question, but when I see it, you know, getting in the squat rack with them, they might explain something. So now that I'm kind of, I'm in that, in that boat of an internship director, this summer we have six, six interns and really sitting down thinking, okay, what's important for me? What was important for me to learn? What do I think is important for them to learn now? And really evaluating that you know, by semester, seeing what works. And I really try to tailor it to, I have my general curriculum that we have on Google Classroom so they can kind of go through like, you know, Blackboard or whatever, and they can kind of see how the internship laid out and read ahead if they need to. So it's, they're learning on their own pace, but also we have a lot of discussions. Um, and then from there, it's making sure they get time under the barbell. So that way they know what a snatch feels like, what a clean feels like, uh, what a squat, they know what everything feels like. So that way they can coach a little better and learn some of the minutia that, you know, maybe they have an issue, they see an athlete with the same thing. Well, I know how to do that because we corrected that. So we all train together as well. So at 10 o'clock, bars are loaded. We're training in the summer internship. So, and then outside of work, you know, they, they come over, we talk shop, we watch, I think the other day we had them all over. We watched West Side versus the World and just kind of <laughs> show them different, different things because that's one thing Carl did was, you know, we'd sit there and we'd watch like the Bulgarian training hall DVDs, you know, or, you know, West Side. And he really showed me just different areas so that way I could expand my toolbox and understand that, you know, there's so many different ways to train and pick what maybe resonates with me and rather than, you know, with these kids, here's a ton that you don't have to do what I do. Right. You know, here's everything. Yeah. Here's some things that maybe I don't believe in, but I know they work well. Yeah. So. And you said you guys do like uh, Sunday t staff gatherings, right? And like yeah. Get-togethers. So we try to have, I'm big into cooking as well. That's like my second thing. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so we have the intern staff over. We can have like a family dinner. And also some, sometimes the staff, you know, there's the GAs and interns come over from you know, GW or local. Cool. And that way we can all sit around, talk strength, eat, have that kind of fellowship. Because that was one thing that I thought was awesome when I was uh, an intern is having people come by and you have to learn from other people. And just the ideas that kind of come up sometimes are really cool hearing how, you know, what, what Todd's doing over at GW and that way we can kind of share. Yeah, you learn a lot awesome. and you get to sit down and make some friends too. No, that's <laughs> super cool. Yeah, the whole like breaking bread with people, man, is, is I mean, that's that's been, it's transcended from cultures and generations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, beyond like decades, beyond decades, beyond centuries of people that's how they learn and share and get and bond with each other. So yeah. that's super cool. And I feel like being at, like in, being in someone's house, you're welcome in a house, you're more open to discuss maybe your opinion. Even you might not think it's wrong, but in public, I feel like yeah. people kind of tighten up because you don't always totally. listen, but we're all strength coaches and we all understand each other. So we might talk about some different things that maybe don't come up, you know, right. normally in, in internship meetings. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's been fun. It's a great point. Uh, you talked about training yourself. That's a big one. Um, you talked about Tolzman being the strongest person you ever <laughs> see. I'm going to say that, 
505 back squat for 10 is not too shabby, <laughs> uh, which you just did the other day, this week. So, yeah, yeah. maybe talk about, you know, tr why it's so important to train yourself for your strength coach. That was one thing that they, those guys kind of really, really uh, impacted on me is you have to train. Otherwise, what are you even doing here, you know? And it doesn't matter. Like after shoulder surgery, I would I would run, which everyone that knows me, I hate running. But it was like I had to move, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the training, I think, is important because it also gives me that edge. And that's one thing that I tried to do this year, especially, is psych up my training cycles with with football. And so that way, you know, the linebacker hits a 10 rep max. They know that I have one that week, too. So we can kind of talk about how that feels, how our bodies are feeling. And they understand, like, here's what I did to take care. And that way they kind of start to relate a little bit more. It's helped a ton with buy-in. Yeah. Uh, so, so training with them, not training with them, but being kind of syncing up our cycle of training together. So we're all in our strength endurance, doing our tens, our fives, our threes, or whatever together uh, has really helped. And then our intern staff, we're on the, all trained on the same program right now. So then from there, I try to encourage everyone to compete because having that competitive mindset helps them like when they're when they're talking to the athletes of, oh, I, you know, I'm still a competitor, so here's what I do, and it also kind of you get that sense of urgency, you know, like in in your like say in your in your heart you know that you want to drive keep driving keep driving you push your athletes just a little bit more yeah. and those details matter a little bit more because you hold yourself to that same thing yeah right so when i'm meal prepping making sure i'm watching what i'm eating i kind of talk to them a little bit about that you know pull them aside hey you know i'm i'm doing all this and they, they also see that yeah. you know i spend a lot of time you know in the spring i go eat breakfast with football after every lift because we luckily have a dining hall where I can sneak in. I sit down and talk with them so they can kind of see what I'm eating, see what our staff's eating. And I think it kind of, they flip a switch and they see how much we actually eat. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah you know, yeah. and I'm only, you know, I'm half the size of some of these linemen. Right, right. And we're eating the same amount of food, you yeah, know. Puts, um, but puts it in perspective for them. Yeah. So I think that competitive mindset also, you know, being able to preach the recovery, them seeing you go through all this. And I think that's where social media actually comes in hand, you know, yeah. me showing, doing the recovery runs, you know, at, you know, normally they would be like, oh, well, you know, strength coach doesn't run. Well, I, I ran with the guy, you know, to make sure they see me doing it all. Yeah. And that way they, I, it takes away their excuse. Right, you know? right, right. right. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and I've said too a lot, you know, obviously training strength, strength sports, you know, or stuff that we're going to have to teach is is critical because we, you know, need to be able to demonstrate and show that. And it certainly helps the credibility-wise, but also just training for anything. So, like, if... Mm -hmm. You know that it shows that you can put a plan together and execute a plan, and you know, maybe it's a maybe it's for a sprint triathlon. But you know, you had to program this and still do your strength training and all the other pieces of the puzzle that you have to do it to, to compete. Like you said, and have that mindset is mm -hmm. huge. Doesn't necessarily just have to be in powerlifting or strength sport. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mindset, just understanding, being able to explain it, like a ten rep max is no like is no fun feat. You, you have to like sit there and I waited all day till I finally felt like it and I actually locked the doors and you know, I joked, but just cranked up some music because I, I had to lock in and just yeah. decide that this is what I was going to do and talking to those guys, you know, if we have, if we're getting in our tens, you know, hey, start envisioning yourself, start thinking, walk, get, you should have done this squat already 15 times before you actually get under the bar. Yeah. And so the guys kind of understand that and then the envision part, you know, we have a guy that comes in and talks during camp about doing that for games but just them seeing that I have to envision myself doing anything yeah. before I actually do it will help with the success. Yeah. No, that's such a great point. Visualization, men positive mental attitude, positive mindset. Um, how about internship wise? So they have to train, you know, you guys mentor them a little bit. What, what are you guys looking for when you're 
selecting interns. I'm sure you have plenty of people apply. Right. It depends. I know that's the, like, the strength conditioning <laughs> answer. Uh, so with our college level, you know, I want someone that just is very curious and is going to show up. You know, if you're asking questions, you're very curious about the field, like, I would love to teach you. Or I would love for you to have an experience where you learned a lot. So if you're very curious and you're showing up on time, you know, if we schedule a 2 o'clock call, do you call me at 159 or 205? Right. Different things like that. And then sometimes I'll, you know, are you, are you flexible? Because things come up even when we're trying to do interviews. I might have an athlete show up an hour late, and I'm like, oh, I had this, I got a call. You know, are we going to be able to reschedule how flexible are you within obviously you have a schedule but are you able to adapt and be ready for an interview if i give you an hour window rather than hey 115 yeah so but then once we, you know the more responsibility you have i'm looking at you know are you open to learning obviously open again but then what's your coaching voice how confident are you on the phone how confident are you in person we actually usually try to bring people in and train with them you know how, how do they show up how they present themselves from when they walk in the door do they train? Because <laughs> yep. that's, that's a huge passion of mine. Are they actually training? Yeah. And then from there, how are we going to, how are you going to train with us? How do you fit in with the staff as right. you train? Are you going to, are you, you know, are you going to quit? You know, because something's hard. Because I remember like when Carl first started training, I was like, I can't quit. You know, <laughs> right. I can't. This, right. is, this is tough. Everything hurts, but I can't let him break me, you yeah, know, yeah. essentially. <laughs> but with that, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to show up? How are you going to show out? And how are you yeah. going to develop as a coach is kind of how we look at it. And do you, like when you walk into the facility, are you going to introduce yourself to everybody that's there that you can see wearing our logo? Or are you just going to talk to me? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you ask where the bathroom is, do you introduce yourself so they know who it is? Right. So really, you know, those sort of little things matter a lot. Right. And then when we sit down and talk, it's, I think it's the same as everybody else. But those are the little things that really yeah. will make or break interview outside of the yeah, actual yeah, like yeah. sit down and talk because I feel like everyone's going to be nice to whoever's interviewing them but did you sure. talk to the volunteer intern because I'm going to ask him yeah <laughs> yeah that's a great example yeah and Mike had a point the other day when I had him on and he's saying somebody had come in I think it was an intern come in and you know basically said to him oh hey is Mike Hill here and he was like <laughs> no like, nope he left already and yeah. he was like oh okay and like left and he's like yeah, like especially in today's day and age, like if you can't do a little bit of homework to know who you're interviewing with or who you're going to be visiting, like, right? Let's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing with like, if you, if you just go to our website, in fairness to him, Mike's changed a little bit, you know, in yeah, the past sure. 10 years from, you know, he has a beard and slick back hair, but even, you know, get on social media, look at what we're doing. Right. You know, and that's one thing that I did and that I see most of our successful interns that we hire, you know, they've watched every video we posted. They're yeah. like, hey, you know, back last year when you guys were doing this and if they can talk about that, I know they, that they're going to do the due diligence when I give them, hey, you know, I, I actually have to head out. Can you cover this session? I know they're going to, they've already know what we're doing. They've done their research. They've been watching as an assistant, as they've been helping yeah. and they're ready to go. But if they come in just kind of, hey, what's up? you haven't done any research then why are you what are you going to observe while you're here yeah. if you have an opportunity to step up um you um you mentioned training together so is do you are you writing the program and everybody's following what you're doing or is are you kind of starting off like that and then you maybe throw it over to somebody and go hey you want to write this block or right it depends <laughs> it depends so <laughs> like during the summer internship i'll write the program and then based on our different goals we'll, we'll kind of change a little bit okay so right now, like with Parker, we're trying to throw some Olympic lifts his way because he doesn't have as much experience with that. Whereas, you know, Chris, Sean and I, that's kind of our training group. Yeah. Uh, we're all doing the same program. Okay. You know, we're all 
I kind of, I do the strength work, Sean does the conditioning work, and we kind of talk about how we're going to fit everything in. Nice. And so it's kind of, we sit there and make sure they understand why we're doing it so that we can see, but also, you know, in the internship, they're doing their book reports, so they kind of see, oh, this is phase potentiation, this is how we're doing it, or this is that. They see the application from what we're studying in the internship to that, so we make sure they understand, but outside of that, the... Uh, the, the college level interns in the summer train with football, so they're actually doing the program, and they'll come back and kind of watch us train. So they're in there with the team for their first three weeks training with them so they can kind of understand, oh, this is actually really, this is the most work I've ever done, or this is, I understand where these athletes are coming from. And then also that gets the football people to listen to them a little bit more because they know they've been in, they've developed that relationship under the bar rather than as a coach. And it's helped a lot for them to already establish that voice because they already have that relationship nice. and they know that the intern cares. Nice. Uh, I like that a lot. You mentioned like book reports and some of the other assignments. What what are, maybe run through a few of the things that are part of the internship that you have these guys and, girl, and gals do. Right. So we just, we have articles to start off. So the first few meetings are just us throwing articles out there because there's a ton of great free information. Totally. So I say, hey, read these through you and then find a couple that you like that we can bring in for discussion. So we have about an hour and a half those first two weeks that we just sit down discuss you know we talk about their why but then we also talk about art, these articles and of like what it means to be a strength coach and then we go right into movement and then so i'll start with body weight movement you know before we load why do we even what's the point of squatting you know i've had a sport coach say i don't want to squat why are you squatting right. our team right, right. and i had i was well that's what you're supposed to do and so i actually had to sit there and look at why do i actually squat what's the point and so really taking a step back, and that even, that even helps me about, you know, once a semester, well, why do I actually do all this? You know, what's the point? Am I, am I wasting time putting a movement in? Um, so making sure they understand the why, and then from there we go, you know, loaded movement and go through. And then I'm, I'm one of the weird people that can, is a power lifter, but I love watching Olympic weightlifting. So we'll throw and we'll watch, we'll watch it. We'll watch the greats do it, and then we'll do it ourselves, and then talk about cueing coaching from there. And then from there, after that, we started getting book reports and programming. So they actually learn how to coach first because that's the we're strength coaches, you know, sports performance coaches, yeah. and then teach them the science because everyone can learn. They're all in college. They're, you know, right. So They've that way. got a degree or they're in a degree program already. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. But really seeing here's how you interact. Here's how you coach. And then from there, they, you know, get in the book reports. So I think last week we had like MMA conditioning or whatever. They go through their books and present on different topics. And then the last 10 minutes of their presentation is how would you apply that here at Georgetown with facilities? So that way it gets them thinking, here's what I have at hand, rather than having that perfect facility. Here's what I have. Here's how I would apply the knowledge from this book. And that's actually helped a ton with the interns writing their programs, even the ones that go on to that full-time assistantship position. They already know how to apply it because they've already, you know, some of them gone through the summer internship. And when we brought them on, so they already know exactly how they'd apply everything at Georgetown, whereas sometimes we might not get a coach till, you know, this month and they have a month to learn. Right. the facility and the ins and outs and how the room really flows yeah. and so they already know that and that's one thing the room flow with the interns is like okay let's actually go do this yeah. oh there's a hiccup here and a hiccup here well we only have 45 minutes to train right you know how can we make this a little smoother yeah. so kind of teaching that aspect of of training i i really liked in my internship so i try to make sure they understand that whole aspect and then you know they can read on their own right is there uh are you do you think there's anything that you're seeing across the board and maybe you're not if you're not no biggie that the people are lacking coming into that setting as an intern or are they too much been worried about reading their books and going to class and it's just like they haven't been opened up to the the, the real world of coaching air quotes there yeah i think 
That's a good question. I, have a, I think they're afraid to coach. Like initially, when they first hop in, yeah. you see a lot of hands in pockets. And you, know, you know, get your hands out of your pockets. They're kind of sitting back. So the way our facility is set up, we have turf, and then we have our racks. And when they're on the turf, you know, they're just sitting there observing. Yeah. But actually being able to get there in the rack and have the confidence to say, hey, you know, even just, hey, what weight do you have? I'm going to load the bar. Yeah. Just the ability to interact, you know, there's, there's that sort of hesitation. So really just being able to get in there, and, and you're going to screw up. I screw up. Sure. You know, I'm talking to the team. Yeah. Getting them to understand that's okay. The athletes are going to screw up too. You know, but really the, the drive to really get in there and, and coach. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, luckily we've, we've done it, had, a, had a nice crowd come through Georgetown. But they, they're really, I want to learn. And I do it this way, but I want to see what you do it. And I'm going to steal something from you and you yeah. and you because that's, that's what I did. Because if you look at everyone on staff, every, every single coach on staff does it differently. No one does it right. remotely the same. Yeah. So even, you know, on staff, hey, what are you, Miguel, what are you doing? Like, I kind of like that, you know. And then even just how, you know, Christina interacts with her athletes. It's like, hey, she has great buy-in. You know, what, is she, what exactly is she doing? So I might be watching. And that's just all of us kind of sitting there watching each coach and taking their strengths and saying, ooh, I want to steal that. I like that. And just really putting together your your toolbox, I guess. Yeah, but I like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're here, <clears throat> you know, speaking today, and you mentioned like the videos you guys are watching. What else are you guys doing? Yourself, you know, to improve your craft, or where are you getting information from? You know, events or to, to places, your websites and things you're reading. Right. We first and foremost, I like to go tr actually train with people. So we'll go on field trips, you know, spring break. We just went around to different weight rooms, site visited and we'll watch a session or we'll just get in there and train with them and learn, just kind of ask them about what they do. And then the other thing is, uh, I mean, elite FTS is always has a ton of great free knowledge. Uh, you know, all, the, all pretty much all those websites, you're going to see good stuff. Um, YouTube, you know, watching all of the, for the Olympic weightlifting, especially I'll send out YouTube links regularly. Hey, what do you think? Watch this, you know, that way they can, like, there's some videos where they see the full training session. You can see that how, how the Olympic weightlifters warm up or what movements look like with different athletes. Uh, but YouTube is huge for us. And then if I'm curious, I kind of dive on into studies. So being at a university like we are, we have access to a lot of those publications, you know, the, yeah. the research. So we just dive in that. We'll dive into articles nice. and then books, like yeah. whatever book. Yeah is usually big. I mean, we are a staple. We always do, you know, tier system, simple way to organize, get that in. And then from there, you know, what, what's the intern curious about? Yeah. So like we have purposeful primitive with Marty Gallagher is another one they're reviewing. Okay. So just what really, whatever, yeah. um, as long as it's within reason, like VBT was one we did last time, which was super interesting to hear how they would apply it at Georgetown. Yeah. So but the biggest thing would be the short articles, I think starting them off and then, cause we only have time to do about one book. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't try and keep up with Hill's uh, book reading, do you? <laughs> Guy's on another level. Oh, I yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I joke. I go up there every once in a while because he's, he's on the third floor. Uh, his weight room's up there. And I'll go up there and be like, what are you reading, man? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he, but it's, what's awesome is, is the way he applies some of those really abstract concepts to strength and conditioning. Yeah. So hearing the way he thinks gets your mind kind of thinking out there. And then how can you apply that? Because he'll take something where I'm like, you're nuts. Yeah. And then he'll talk about it, how it's, it applies to strength conditioning. And all of a sudden it makes sense. And it's just a different way to look at it. Yeah. And even you know, like we talked about last week in the internship meeting, like how there's pyramids all over the world, right? And they all look similar. Well, 
you're gonna, there's always different ways to get to the same thing, right? They, they had different ways of looking at something to still develop a building that's very strong, that's lasted thousands of years, but they probably did it a different way, and you know, who's to know that if they had con, you know, communication? Right. So how does that apply to strength conditioning? Well, we're all building an athlete, we're gonna do it a different way, and hopefully we're all building athletes that can stand you know, their whole career, yeah. per se. So kind of taking those out, just getting a different way to look at it rather than being you know, sets, reps, percentages, barbell, kettlebell, dumbbell, you know, all the time. Um, has, has been interesting, and I think he brings a lot of that in to just get us to step back and really take in everything, and I think that's helped us develop that culture because we're not just sitting there looking at the barbell, but how's the human, you know, how's the human interaction with that? No, that's cool. It's, there's so many different areas, and it, again, this being such a young profession, like thinking about reading all this other literature, whether whatever it might apply to, and then trying to use that lens to apply it to like your coaching practice is super interesting. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're smart enough like him to, yeah. <laughs> to take some stuff out that I might not get. But Right. And that's one thing like I've developed some, some kind of things that I do outside of work as hobbies. And I, I've been able to have great coaches even with that. So I'll steal a lot of stuff, you know, whether it be, you know, learning how to shoot a handgun or whatever, that coach, oh, you can't miss fast enough. Well, how does that, you know, yeah, pay attention yeah, to Olympic yeah. lift? I pay attention to my setup more often. Okay. Or even cooking, you know, right. taking your time, really slow cooking. Yeah. You know, that's, that's lifting in general. You, yeah. you throw it and you slow cook it, yeah. and then that meat falls apart and it's delicious. Well, that's the same thing with your lifts. You kind of slow cook it, and it looks great, you know, hopefully if you slow cooked it properly. Right, nice. Right. Nice. That's a good one. Um, your, your world, maybe not world-renowned, well-known be, maybe being the strongest guy to squat in khaki shorts too. Uh, you tell, did that come from uh, something else, or do you have specialized khaki shorts that are uh, built for extreme amounts of weight? So we were, um, my buddy and I were down at the conference, and I was I just wanted to watch the lifters initially, and. So I went in my polo and khakis, and I was just going to watch. And then he just kind of like, he's like, you got that look in your eyes, Dave. I was like, fine, fine, I'll lift. And so I was lifting in khakis and a polo, and it was a ton of fun, and I could do it. And I was like, so then I'm just not, I don't need to bring shorts all the time. Right, and I don't right. need to travel with gym shorts. Because sometimes you'll get a text, like when Todd Hammer texted me. Right. It's like, hey, do you, do you want to squat with Stan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be over there in a second. <laughs> you know, so you get the opportunity to lift, and sometimes you're not always ready. And luckily, you know there's stretchy khakis now that you can move around but it's also turned into kind of like my funny thing to post on social media you know awesome khaki Khaki strong strong. love it yeah but it's it's just a way to have fun and just show that you know you always got to be ready for something yeah and what dave's (laughs) alluding to for anybody listening and that's wondering uh stan efforting was also at this conference uh who's a pro bodybuilder and you know his his tagline i think for a long time was the world's strongest bodybuilder and Mm -hmm. He's just a freak vertical diet. If you don't know who we're talking about, check him out. But Dave got to train with him um, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, what was that like? <laughs> uh, so we, we walked in, and I, I've i followed him for a while. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool just being around. And he was yeah. – the, the one thing is, is he's one of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. You know, he sits there, and he was talking to me. My knees were cracking a little bit, and I was like, well, what do I do? And he sends me all this, you know – his, his, his rhino talks and then talks about doing salt and what he did because he had awful tendonitis yeah. and so what he did and so it's it you know hopefully that helps out and just non-stop just th- teaching us different things talking about you know different people that i also look up to kind of hidden talking about what he's learned as well yeah. so it, just training with guys like that you learn so much and it was only an, exactly an hour because i had to head out but 
you know, you just sit there and you learn, even just watching him warm up, right. you know, what is he doing? You know, why, why do you form your IT even? Oh, it feels good. Oh, well, that makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of understanding his mindset even too and like yeah. how, because I mean, I would love to be that strong, right. you know, in 20 years. Right. And so what is, you know, kind of hearing him talk about what he's done to maintain his body and help out with that. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there like in my head making mental notes. I got to write this down as soon as I walk out the door. <laughs> right. um, so it, it was awesome. I mean, that, that was so much fun. That's cool. No, yeah, like you said, so, you know, for someone like that and to be as strong as he is, at the age he is and to have trained as long as he has yeah. right like that that longevity like there's you got to be doing something right to not be injured when you're lifting that heavy and you're lifting that long exactly right? like you know you're sitting there and i made up in my mind because i've watched him I was like i gotta hit whatever he hits you know he's 20 years older than me i gotta be yeah, able yeah. to and so i was like wrap my knees as tight as i could because i just hit the 10 rep max not even 24 oh, hours right, before so right. i was like walking upstairs i felt like i had no power left in yeah, my legs yeah, but i yeah. um but luckily, Todd Hammer had all the powerlifting gear, so I had you know I had nice. to had a little, wrap up a little, little bit. Assistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what what kind of what kind of day was it? What what was he uh, like? What kind of reps were you guys doing? We, he was just working. Up. That's one thing that I took away from that is when you're training, you just got to continue to train. Just what feels good. Yeah. I think he worked up and hit 500 for like five or seven reps, okay. and I knew I had a triple in me and no more. Yeah. So <laughs> he hit that, but it, it was. You I'm know, really glad I didn't come over there then that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, as Todd says, as the weight gets heavier, you just put on better gear. <laughs> you know, you put on bigger squats, you'll yeah. hit it. But yeah, just kind of doing whatever feels good. And that's one of my big takeaways is, you know, if, if I want to train, you know, still be a competitive lifter at 50, yeah. 55, yeah. I got to make sure my training is consistent and smart rather than right now. I know I could probably max out and feel great, but right. the plan doesn't have me maxing out until right. December, right. you know, and understand that long run, which training with guys like that, they understand the long run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So trying to take something of that and apply. Yeah. And great takeaway too, for like training our athletes too, right? People that want to go, go, go and getting them to see the bigger picture right. like no look you probably could do that today but there's a, there's a reason that we're doing this and yeah. you're not going to do that today well that's one thing that's helped me out is is having showing them my athletes hey this is where we're going you know here's the next three cycles yeah. oh okay so i can max out you know here well it's not max out but you'll have your weights okay coach you know so that way i understand i gotta let the volume do its work yeah. you know i gotta let these fives do their work and they can understand it and explaining that to them because you know some of these some of these guys come in and they're strong. Even, yeah. you know, my yeah. the women's crew team at Georgetown is strong. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they've taken their time under the barbell and now we're able to pull. Yeah. But they understood the slow cook because the nature of their sport is slower. Right. You know, hey, I only let them pull from the floor to their knee for like three months okay. just yeah. to get, initiate that pulling from the floor. And now they're like, can I deadlift, you know? <laughs> yes. But the slow, the slow game is uh, something I feel like even me as a, as a lifter, it took me forever to learn, you know? Totally. Carl Johnson probably yelled at me. If, he did yell at me a few times. <laughs> uh, that's such a great point. Um, this has been awesome. And I know that we got to get you ready because you've got a presentation <laughs> here in a few minutes that I'm tapping into your prep time. And I wanted you to be able to get your mind right. Uh, people who are interested in connecting with you, uh, following up with you, what's the best way to reach out to you and follow you, et cetera? Email is going to be dmt55 at Georgetown. Uh, then Hoya Strength Instagram is just Hoya, H-O-Y-A, Strength. Head there, and if you just message us, and then the Dave Terry 16, if they just want to get a hold of me and cool. 
come by. And our doors are always open at Georgetown. So anyone, anyone listening, if you're in town, come by, train with me, and you know, hang out. We'll talk some shop. Maybe grab some lunch. Fantastic. That's great, man. Appreciate your time. Of course. Thank yeah. you. I'm excited to see your presentation <laughs> here in a little bit. And again, we appreciate being in your hometown here. Um, thanks again. And again, thanks to everybody listening, especially you guys, uh, you know, that are able to come in and let us know. And it's great meeting people who like the podcast. So we appreciate all the support from everybody all over the world that listen to this. And, uh, you know, especially also our good friends at Soren X Exercise Equipment who are support the podcast and everything we do at the NSCA. Thanks to you as well. Um, it's been a great episode. We look forward to sharing it soon. We'll put all the Dave's info in the show notes as well. And if you're new to this podcast and want to learn more about NSCA strength and conditioning certifications, you can get all the details at nsca.com slash certification. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.